Hello once again, Cougar football fans. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for our Week 11 by Week edition of the Coordinator's Corner presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. This will be our last show before a short one-week break. Then our season finale will follow the Georgia Southern game and then preview USC later this month. Coming up on today's show, we look back at a 59-14 win over Idaho State in BYU's home finale, a win that precedes the Cougars' lone bye week of the season. Cougs hit the bye week ranked 14th in the AP and 15th in the coaches' polls this week. And with us today, BYU Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick and Defensive Coordinator Eli Satuiaki. First half hour, we hit the offensive side of the ball with Coach Roderick. Aaron, good to see you once again. Good to be here. Well, let's uh, let's go to the build-up to the game, having it be senior day, yeah. um, and kind of a strange senior day this yeah. year because we had a lot of guys who were not thought of as seniors yeah. um, being honored. Guys like Tyler Algier, Lopini Katoa, James Empey, Neil Pau, Gunnar Romney, to name a handful. That's a pretty significant portion of your starting offense. Yeah, we're still uh, still feeling the effects of the COVID year. You know, with with last year not counting against people's eligibility. But of course, all those guys got a full year of academic work done. And so every football team in America has a handful of guys that have decisions to make, uh, whether, whether they're guys that have a chance to turn pro or whether they're guys that are just coming to the end academically and, and might want to move on with their lives. And so we, Kalani just thought it was best to anybody that had any chance of maybe this being their last game, let's honor them. And then, of course, the door's wide open for most of those guys to return if they want to. Do you get a little uneasy when you see the number of names and the kinds of names on the list? A little bit, but I, we've got, we, we have good communication with going with all those guys, and uh, I, you'll see a good number of those guys come back. Um, there might be a couple that move on, but um, you know, I, I think unless you're going to be a first or second round draft pick, it's wise to stay in college. And, and it's hard to be a first or second round draft pick. It is. So maybe you've kind of hinted at it, but I'm sure fans are most concerned about uh, maybe Tyler Algier's status. He's a COVID sophomore uh, putting up some big college numbers right now. If you had to make the case for him playing another college season, is it that? Yeah, it's just what I just said. Unless you're going to be a first or second round pick, I think it's wise to stay in school. And um, in, I, I don't know. We don't have all the information yet about where he, uh, you know, where he stands in the draft and all that stuff we'll get we'll get a good amount of information here shortly on that and and um you know i will be talking to him about what we think is best for him and kalani always puts the players best interest first and and um so that's that's but that's what i would recommend right and as someone myself who loves the stats and the numbers and and climbing charts and things like that he he'd be an all-timer clearly if, if he has another year of school no doubt. He would probably, I mean, next year, I mean, you just name it, he'll be on every list of legitimate candidate for the highest awards in college football next year, you would think. If he, yeah. If he, uh, all America, Heisman, all that back. stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Gunnar Romney, another guy on that senior day list. Yeah. Uh, he's missed the last two games with injury. He's had a good season. I'd love to see him back. Uh, do you get a sense of where he's leaning? I, I, I don't, and I, I don't want to speculate on that, um, but I will be meeting with him as well. And I know Fessy's been in regular communication with him and um, you know, it, he's been a really good player for us, and he's bas basically been a four-year starter. I mean, he started on and off as a true freshman. Um, we would love to have him back. He's a really good football player. Um, I, I also would not uh, be surprised at all to see him playing on Sundays uh, in the future. So, 
Um, he, he's got a tough decision to make as well, but we definitely want him back if he wants to be here. What kind of timelines are you hoping for or dealing with right now in terms of finding out what you've got, what you don't have, so you can start planning for the next roster? I think we'll probably know most of those things, you know, by the time we go, go to our bowl game. You know, I, I would expect that around that time, you're talking about the early signing day and mm -hmm. you're talking about guys needing to make decisions about what they're going to do in January, whether they come back to school or not. And so, I mean, not, it's more up to Kalani than me, but that's my, my estimate would be around whenever our bowl game is. Gotcha. All right, let's get into how you approached the FCS game. Um, what is your personal sense on, on, you know, FCS games, the value of them, and how do you think about reps and snaps before you go into a week like, week like that? Well, it, it's it's a valuable game because it's just it's another opportunity to play, and it was a, it was an opportunity to get a lot of guys in the game that haven't gotten a chance to play this year. And it, it was just weird because most teams play an FCS team early in the season, and so um, ours just happened to be later in the year. Although some of the SEC teams sometimes play a game like this later. Yeah, in the they year do that before their rivalry games and stuff. Um, but it's valuable because we get to get a lot of people in the game, and so we learned a lot about some of our younger players uh, in this game. Um, sometimes it's a frustrating game because you, uh, you expect every play to be perfect and you got to give credit to the other team that they're out there trying hard too and sometimes they make a good play. And, and, uh, so, but uh, at the end of the day, we won by a wide margin and it was, it, it's a win in the win column just like any other game. And uh, we've had some really tough opponents this year, so it was, it was nice to be able to get a lot of guys out there and, and get, a chance to get, out, get a chance to play. You used the word perfect. It was certainly a perfect start to the game. First five drives, five touchdowns. That is a perfect start. And I want to show the first score because a great patient run by Tyler Algier to get in the end zone. Yeah, yeah. this play, uh, we, we actually blocked it correctly, but it, it just uh, took a second to sort out. And, and I thought Tyler just showed good patience here, uh, feeling the blocks. And then it hit one gap tighter than it was supposed to, but that was more due to what they did. We, we were on the right guys. and. You know, he's got great vision and great patience. Uh, you have more important things to worry about. Uh, quick thought on the uniform combo with the navy, navy, white. I liked it. Yeah, yeah it me good. too. Yeah, it's fun. All right. it's, it's been it's a fun thing for our players. You know, the uniform stuff, I, I, uh, it wears me out a little bit sometimes, <laughs> all the different things. But um, I'm just glad that they get to have fun with it. And right. Kalani gives them a lot of say. And every week it's something different, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, all right, second drive. Uh, you're backed up to a second and 20. Uh, suboptimal at your own 11 yeah. screen though uh, to Tyler uh, for the longest reception of his career yeah two games in a row we've gotten this screen uh, we got one against Virginia for on a third and 12 and then we got this one on second and 20 and uh, so it's it's been this play has been uh, coming along for us we put a lot put a lot of practice reps into it and hadn't used it early in the year and it's been good last two games I was a little concerned the way I saw him go down Every time you see a guy land on a shoulder like that, you get a little concerned. I saw him shaking it out on the sideline, but he did come back and get some more touches. On the I day. was more concerned about how he was swinging the ball right there. I mm. was a little afraid that was going to get poked out, but because uh, he usually holds it really tight. But um, Joe Joe Tukwaf, who had an amazing block on that play, by the way, he he had a pancake block out in space. It was really great. Uh, o line, uh, we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but uh, O line group stayed pretty intact uh, for quite a while in this game. Yeah, we played with most of the starting five for, for most of three quarters. Yeah. Um, we, and th the reason for that is we wanted to give Baylor a chance to play with a good cast around him. Uh, and, and so we didn't want to just wholesale sub uh, right away. So we, that, that third quarter, we left most of the starting, uh, most of the starting players in. We, Tyler wasn't in and Neil wasn't in there and, and we took Puka out, but everybody else, the O-line, tight ends, and we had some good receivers out there with him. We were just trying to give Baylor a chance to get some good reps. 
Third drive of the game came after a sudden change INT by the defense. Pepe, nice pick. Yeah. So he had a short field. Uh, QB sneak for Jaron Hall, third and goal from the one. Jaron's now five for six on his third and one conversions this year. Yeah, he's a weapon. And, and you know, sometimes it's uh, pulling the ball where it looks like he's going to hand it to Tyler and he'll pull it. And then sometimes, like, on these sneaks, he's just a really strong, low center of gravity guy. He, he he can get behind the center and push the pile, and that's what he did here. What are your personal feelings on when and how to use sneak? Um, well, it's more based on the type of defense we play. You know, if, if they're going to load up those A-gaps and have a big guy over the nose, then maybe sometimes we'll do something else. And if, if they're going to give us one of those A-gaps, then we'll do it. Uh, in this case, we just did it as a fast-paced play. This we got on the ball and snapped it fast before they can get lined up. So we mix it up. And uh, it also depends on how good your quarterback is at it. Right. If, some, some, I've seen quarterbacks that just don't have a knack for it, and, and so you might stay away from it, but Jaron's really good at it. Are there some plays when Jaron can call in or out of the sneak depending on how he reads the gaps? Yeah, yeah, he can. There's, we have some, we've had some stuff in play where he can change the play if he wants to. Yep. Okay, 21-0 lead after the first quarter. Uh, second straight game with a 21-0 lead. Yep. Uh, you had three third-down conversions on your fourth drive. It was the first drive of the second quarter, and it ended with Keanu Hill's first touchdown of the season. Yeah, Keanu is uh, a guy that I'm really proud of him because um, every time he's gotten an opportunity to play in the last two seasons, he's, he's shown up and played well. And it just so happens that he's been playing behind some more experienced, uh, really good players. And he's always kept a good attitude about it and just kept working. And um, now he's getting his chance to play, and he's, he's proven to us that he deserves it. And uh, so you're going to see a lot more of him in the next couple games. And with no gunner in this game, there were some more snaps available. Correct. Right? Yeah, he, he got more snaps. And, and, uh, and um, Neil going down, we, we just felt like Keanu was the next man up. And, and uh, you'll, we'll, we'll keep using him. He's, he deserves to play. So he's expanding his own role right now. Yeah, and sometimes you play a guy more just because they earn it. Even if even if you don't, even if somebody's not out, you just find a way to use them more, and and uh, might might take a few snaps away from somebody else, but you just spread the wealth a little bit. And uh, I think that would be the case, even if if you know even if Gunner and all those guys were up, Keanu is just uh, showing that he he deserves to play. He's a big body. He catches the ball uh, with his hands, and he's just he's hard to defend just because of his great size and. Um, He's a really smart player. He can play all of our all of our receiver spots. He's an excellent special teams player. Just, As we saw. <laughs> yeah, he's a great teammate. He's he's a good, great member of our team. Excellent. So 28-0 lead after the Keanu TD. Idaho State was punting or turning it over on pretty much every possession against the ones. Uh, your fifth drive, this was a Puka Nakua possession. Yep. Uh, the last three plays of the drive all went to Puka, including the TD toss. Yeah, he. Uh, this was an unbelievable throw and catch. Uh, on the touchdown pass, but Puka just has a knack for it. You know, he breaks tackles and he runs so hard. He, I mean, he's so hard to tackle. I just, the guy, uh, every time we get him the ball, he makes so many yards after the catch that it's just, you just want to keep going to him. And um, so this, the third play on this was by design. I mean, we, it was a fast paced play. We just said, all right, he's just had two great plays. Let's feed him again and see if he can go get it. And Jaron made a great throw and a great catch by Puka. A great conditioning, too, because he just had the longer play where he shook off a couple guys, yeah. was right back to it, and then found himself in the end zone. Yeah, it's just kind of like if someone has a hot hand, just go again, go again. You know, we do that with Tyler sometimes. When he gets rolling, we'll keep give him the ball again, give him the ball again. We've, we've had games before where we, we go at Gunner a couple times in a row because he's going. We did it with Dax a few times last year. It's just a... 
you know, it's just a feel thing in a game. If someone has a hot hand, you might want to might want to give them another chance. Right. So in the half, and it was a one half day for Puka, right? Yeah. Uh, six for one twenty and a score. He has four hundred yard games, four one hundred yard games, three of them in the last four. And this was after just kind of ramping up at the start of the season. Yeah, it makes you wonder what he could have done if he was healthy from the start of the season. You know, he he did very little in fall camp. I mean, uh, shockingly little, just because he was he was injured. And Might have been like first day he got in, then he was yeah. Out. And so we we uh, we had to bring him along slowly, just from pract- from a practice rep standpoint and from a health standpoint. We had to be really cautious with him for the first several games he played in, and um, now he's. 100% and knows what we're doing and he's playing really well. Absolutely. So you mentioned that that per, you, know, you want to be perfect and you were up 35 nothing. Your sixth drive gave us the first real negative play of the day for BYU. It's a lost fumble inside your own 20. ISU gets the ball the 17. They have a three-play touchdown drive. All you really want with your ones is to play clean, right? And leave with ideally a zero on the board the other way. Uh, there went the shutout, but it wasn't really all in the D. They got a short field. Yeah, it was disappointing, really disappointing that we turned the ball over two times. Uh, both of them were uh, just poor fundamentals by us. You know, we had a, we had a, an exchange between Jaron and Peeney that was something we do every single day, and they didn't execute the exchange, and then had another fumble that just, uh, un, you know, just uncharacteristic of our team. Uh, they happened, and I'm glad we got the win, but that's not how we want to play. The, uh, we, we take pride in taking care of the football. The giveaways are so rare, though. Yeah, we've, uh, n- we've nine turnovers, nine giveaways in in ten games. Yeah, yeah, and I don't ever want to say any of them are acceptable, but we, it's something we've done well this year, and we got to. But we got to get back to doing, you know, taking care of the ball in our next game against Georgia Southern. I blame the state of Idaho. Six of the nine giveaways have been against Boise State and Idaho State. About that. <laughs> uh, up 35-7, you got one more drive before halftime. You went two-minute, used buck 05 off the clock. You found Neil Pau at the goal line. And, and all you want to do, in addition to you know, playing clean, is, is leave without an injury, right, to one of your top guys. And, and Neil did get hurt on the scoring play. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, he, he hurt. He got injured on this play. Uh, the last play of the half, we were, we were just trying to get to halftime with our starters. And... We thought this was a this last minute of the half was a great opportunity to work our two-minute drill and work our mechanics. You know, there's those opportunities are precious, and you want to, you know, you do it in practice. But the game opportunities are, are valuable. We wanted to go get one more score, um, and we we marched it right down the field. Did a nice job executing as a team, and and unfortunately that injury on the last play was uh, just a shame. Anything you could say about Neil right now? Um, I don't have the final uh, news on that yet, but it doesn't look good. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, uh, Tyler Algier, I don't think he got a second quarter touch. I think he was in the game for a few, maybe in the second. I'm not sure. He, I don't think he got a touch in the second quarter. Um, he was going to be done at halftime anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> he was going to be done at halftime at the latest. We, we kind of just decided we were just going to see how the game was going, and then um, the decision was made pretty early that, Put him on ice and he's he's carried the ball so much this year he's pretty beat up we have a bye week coming we thought if, if we've got the game in control let's get him some rest rest him more on the bye week and then he can really go hard the last three games okay uh jaron hall's first half and again these numbers kind of get you know overlooked sometimes uh but 20 for 25 for 298 four touchdowns no picks the four touchdowns career high they came in a half and a pass efficiency rating uh, 232.9. You expect to do well against a team like Idaho State. That said, 
It's a career-high pass efficiency, and whether it's FCS or P5, he's, he's kind of been the same guy since he's come back. Yeah, he gets better every game, and like you said, I mean, opponent aside, I mean, there's been a lot of FCS opponents over the years where the quarterback doesn't put up those kind of numbers, and so um, he's his decision making is is really good right now. He's he seems to be getting better every game. He takes great care of the football. It, that's the best thing. Is just the ball is is rarely in jeopardy, and um, you know, so as long as we possess it, we have a chance to score with it. And and then he's just making big plays. There's so many explosive throws down the field. He's a threat to pull it and run at any time, and uh, he's doing a good job. Were you pretty content with your first half? All things. Yeah, considered? that was a good half. We took you know we 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 did a lot of good things. I thought we were explosive. Other than the turnover, I was happy with how we played. All right, it is break time. When we come back, we'll hit the second half of BYU's win over Idaho State, and we'll get Coach Roderick's Offensive Players of the Week as we head to break. This reminder that BYU football with Kalani Sitake and BYU basketball with Mark Pope is airing at a special time tonight, 6.30 Mountain Time, on the BYU TV app. This is the Coordinator's Corner, back after this. Throws to Puka in the end zone, and he makes the catch for the touchdown! The Cougs go hurry up, and Kieran Hall back to back to Puka. Coordinator's Corner continuing now with offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. BYU hitting its bye week at 8-2 on the season after a 59-14 home win over Idaho State on Saturday afternoon. Time for a bye week now before a two-game stretch run at Georgia Southern and USC to end the season. Visiting with BYU OC Aaron Roderick and up 42-7 at halftime. What did you have as your objectives for the second half of play when you were going to be pulling a lot of starters out? Well, uh, first objective was to give Baylor a good cast of players around him to go out and have a good quarter. I wanted to get him at least one good quarter um, with an offensive line and receivers and tight ends that you know have been playing and, and could execute. And uh, so we, for the most part, we didn't we didn't sub too much until later in the fourth quarter. But um, that was our first objective: was just get Baylor some good work. He hadn't played in a few weeks. And um, and then after, the other thing was just to play clean. You know, we wanted to play clean football. You know, and and just execute our offense. And then as the subs start to come in, the idea we talked about at halftime was as we start to sub, keep playing clean football, no drop off. You know. And, and unfortunately, that, that's probably the only thing I'm disappointed about the game was we, we did not maintain that same level of execution in the second half that we did in the first. You got the ball to start the second, Baylor Romney in. Uh, not the start you wanted, uh, two false starts and a three and out. Idaho State, one of those teams that uses the D-line shift uh, yeah. to, to draw linemen into moving, and it worked a couple times. Yeah, and yeah, I don't want to make excuses. I, I, I think what they're doing is, by, by the letter of the law, I, I think it's illegal. And it's, it's interesting that uh, some, some officiating crews call it really strictly. Some allow it to happen. Um, and some you can kind of remind, and, and they'll try to fix it yeah, for you. Yeah, it, it was borderline. But bottom line is we got to handle it better. We knew, we knew they were going to do it. We saw it on film. They do it to everybody they play. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've played some other teams this year that do it the same way they do. And for some reason, it affected us more Saturday than it had all year. And, and uh, it, it really affected some of our younger players who yeah. haven't played a lot. I thought that, too. Uh, second drive of the second half, another three and out. But the third drive got you going. And that was uh, a big series for, you, for Keanu Hill. Yeah, Keanu had a nice game. I mean, he had, I think, uh, close to 100 yards receiving. Yep. And, and um He's just a he's he's really really big target. He's got a big range. You can throw it anywhere around him, and he makes the catch look easy. Um, and he's he's just he's a 
you know, lost some weight this year. Fessy made him get down. Uh, you know, he's about 11, 12 pounds lighter this year. So I think he's moving better than he than he's ever moved before. And he's he's just taken learned to take really good, great care of his body, and and uh, he's got a really bright future. He had a TD to make it 49-7. Uh, big kickoff return right after that, and it gave them, Idaho State, another, another short field, a one-play yeah. TD drive. We almost never even see kickoff returns uh, these, day and yeah. these days, and this one kind of got BYU. Well, and I don't, I'm not super involved in special, in fact, I'm not involved at all in special teams. I think, uh, I think this is another case where we had some young guys out there that maybe haven't played a lot this year, and I'll let Coach Lamb talk about that, but I think that was the case. And so, they, again, that's one of those things, you know, in these games, you want to see how your young players are going to perform. Then there was a good special teams play for BYU. Hobbs Nyberg punt return set you up, and uh, and then you were going in again, and then that was that lost fumble we saw um, from Carter in the second half. I, I do have a question, though, because I, and this is the play. No, well, this would be the punt return setting up uh, the field, uh, the shorter field that the fumble loss came on. But when the replay was shown in the stadium, talk about the Carter Wheat hit now. Yeah. You see, you heard a lot of negative react. At least, you know, you could tell the crowd was upset. And then I got a lot of stuff on social media coming in about why wasn't there a targeting call? Because as, as Carter's hung up or held up, he gets hit pretty good. And that's when the ball kind of came loose. And, and there's, a, there's a mechanism for the booth to institute a targeting call, but it can't come from a challenge. It can't come from the field, right? Yeah, it, it looked like targeting to me, but we need to hold on to that ball. So I, I yeah, I... I uh... The rule is so there's still so much gray area in how they officiate that rule. I, I'm not, I'm not even really sure how to comment on it. But um, yeah, there was a pretty pretty hard helmet to helmet hit right here. And again, it's it's if it doesn't happen on the field, replay a booth has the authority to to actually institute a tra targeting call and buzz down with it. They didn't do that. They didn't. And if a coach wants it, they can't get it. It's one of those things you can't challenge. Correct. So. And I don't know what kind of angles they film angles they had or anything like that. But um, uh, yeah. We had a tough one go against us in the Virginia game, and then we didn't get this one, so you just just got to keep playing. Uh, your final score of the day was the block punt. Uh, somebody we've talked about a lot already, uh, Keanu Hill, ends up with BYU's first uh, punt block touchdown in 17 years. Yeah, good for him. It's awesome. It, good, great special teams play, and happy for that kid. He's, uh, like I've been saying all this whole show, he's he's earning his right to uh, be more involved in our in our in our offense and doing great things on special teams as well. He's, he's always played hard on special teams, and sometimes those, those things are things you notice, like, hey, maybe this guy could do that for us on offense as well. In this game, uh, we saw a little more of Jackson McChesney and Hinkley Ropati took a couple snaps as well. Yep. Uh, Jackson ended up as your leading rusher on the day. Yeah, and uh, it was good to get those guys in, and, and um, they, they both did some good things, and they both did some things that, you know, there were some things they could probably do better, and. Um, but those are valuable snaps. Every single one of those plays is valuable for their experience. It's valuable for us in evaluating them. It's valuable just uh, you know just to get those live reps. It's different than practice for sure because we don't we don't get to tackle to the ground very much in practice. And so seeing the guys actually get hit and tackle to the ground and have to pass protect and and with a real pass rush, those things are hard to simulate in practice. Let's get to your offensive players of the week now for the Idaho State game. Yeah, Jaron and Puka, I mean, broken record, right? They both, they've both been playing really well. Um, we already mentioned just how efficient Jaron was. That's, those are pretty great numbers for one half. And, and Puka as well, he played one half also. And uh, just really glad we have both those guys uh, playing like they are and we've got to just keep it going.
Okay, 10 games into the season, I want to get to some of the, uh, the season-high superlatives, at least category-wise, for your offense. These are categories that are top 25 right now uh, nationally. And one of the most important ones, uh, turnover margin, you're, you're a top 10 team. You're sitting at sixth nationally in TO margin. And here are some other categories at which the offense is excelling uh, through 10 games. I'll mention them before the graphic comes up. Uh, fewest interceptions thrown on the year, you're sitting at three. Uh, first downs on the year, you're top 10. Uh, top 15 in third down efficiency, pass efficiency. And in fewest sacks allowed, you're top 25. Yeah, and those are good, you know, I think there are certain stats in football that don't mean a lot, and all the ones you just mentioned I think are important. Those are ones that we focus on. We Taking care of the football is number one. I mean, you cannot score if you don't possess it. And so we, we put a lot of emphasis on taking care of the ball. I don't ever say don't throw an interception, but we talk a lot about making good decisions with the ball. Um, and and we're doing a good job of that. Jaron and Baylor have done a good job with that. You know, obviously getting a lot of first downs is key because you're, you're possessing the ball and you're, it shows that you're moving it on people. And then third downs are huge because that keeps your drives alive and staying on the field. And uh, the, the pass efficiency number means a lot more to me than actual yards. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, there's a lot of teams out there that throw for a million yards and go, go six and six. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of those teams aren't helping their defense out a lot. And so we want to be an efficient passing offense, an explosive passing offense, or we can we want to be able to team that can throw the ball down the field anytime we want um, but not necessarily a team that's just looking for total yards all the time and not pictured there listed there but uh, you mentioned explosives BYU is one of the best teams in the country too at long scrimmage plays as well yeah we've had a lot of explosive plays in the run game and the passing game and and um, we're looking for more in the next couple weeks okay finally the overall satisfaction level with the weekend uh, it was it was a good win, and and you know like I said, sometimes you leave. It's it's funny how coaches we're, we're such perfectionists. We leave 59-14 victory. You leave kind of it's a little sour taste in your mouth that we didn't finish that second half a little better. But uh, at the end of the day, we we had a nice win by a wide margin. It's nice to be eight and two right now. We get a week off. We're, I, I like the position we're in right now, and I'm really excited about our next game. Excellent. As we go to break, a reminder that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and Harriman. This weekend, BYU is off. No game on the Cougars bye week. When we come back, we'll see how the team plans to handle this week. And see if there's anything for social media for Coach Roderick. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. Belt high snap, punt away, blocked, and a touchdown for BYU on the punt block. That's another way to do it. Keanu Hill made the punt block, and the Cougs recover for a score. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys, chatting with BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, wrapping up with Coach A-Rod. BYU ranked 14th and 15th in the two major polls this week at 8-2. and two. We'll see where the Cougars land in tomorrow night's college football playoff rankings. BYU was 15th there last week. Uh, what do you think, by the way, the first CFP rankings coming out, putting BYU at 15? Uh, it was exciting, yeah. I mean, it's good honor for our players that, you know, they, they've been winning a lot of games, and I thought... Uh, uh, you know, just it's nice, nice for our players to be acknowledged. We we know we know we have to keep winning to have it mean anything, but right. uh, it is nice for for our players to be acknowledged like that for their efforts. Saturday is an off day for BYU. Late in the season, bye week for the Cougs, and uh, 
I guess it would have been nice in some ways if you would have snuck one in earlier, as tough as it's been, because it, you lost a lot of guys through 10 hard weeks. Yeah, playing that many Power 5 teams, you know, we, we got banged up, but it's a good lesson for the future, you know, what we're going to be up against in, in the future. And, and, you know, you play in a Power 5 conference, it's going to be physical every week. And so it does come at a good time. And uh, offensively, we're pretty healthy uh, for the most part, and I think, um, but it'll still be nice to have a week to just fully get our, our guys, everybody, everybody's legs fresh and, and um, get some good work done leading into that Georgia Southern game. 10 of 12 games in the books, and there you see the stretch run on the road. It's the earliest home finale BYU had in uh, quite some time this past weekend. A quick question from social media, hashtag CCBYU for Aaron Roderick from Amy. Simply wants to know, is Carter Wheat okay after the big hit he took at the end there? We yeah, saw. he's fine, yeah. Nothing, nothing untoward there happened? Yeah, Good. Exactly. All right, well, this turns out so there's no show next week because uh, of the bye. There's one more show. It'll have Coach Tuiaki and Coach Lamb. And so this is it for you. This is your season finale. This went pretty quickly, uh, Coach Roderick. Yeah. But thank you. Uh, man, I learned a lot. Appreciated your feedback and content every week. I know our fans learned a lot as well. Um, been a great year with you, and just thank you for being a part of it. Thanks. It's been fun. Uh, I can't believe how fast it goes by, but been really enjoyed it. It's great that we had a lot of wins to break down on these Mondays with you. Yeah, yeah, it's good. We're, we're playing good football, man. This has been uh, it's been a really challenging schedule, and I'm proud of our team for being where we are right now. And now it's just about staying focused and get in that next win and just keep keep respecting the game, keep getting the next win one at a time. Uh, it's, it, that's, that's the way we do it. Well, in your first season as BYU's offensive coordinator, congratulations to you on the season you've put together, you and your staff and players. Uh, it's been a great year and more wins to come, and thank you again. Thanks again. All right, that's Aaron Roderick. Coming up next, we'll visit with defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. This is the Coordinator's Corner. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys back into Studio C on the BYU TV app right after this. You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU now 8-2. After taking care of Idaho State on the weekend, BYU now 16-0 all-time versus FCS opponents. Cooks moving up in the polls to 14th in the AP, 15th in the coaches. CFP rankings out tomorrow if BYU wins out. We'll see if the Cougs can put themselves in the at-large pool by the end of the season. We start the second half hour of the show with BYU defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, Elisa Tuiaki. Coach, good to see you again. Good to be back, Greg. Thanks. Let's begin with you, how we began with Coach Roderick, talking about your senior day, senior day on defense. Uh, two guys you know you're losing, including one of your linemen, Lopale Atawa, and four guys you might lose, including one of your linemen, Earl Tuiotit Mariner. Um, maybe you could speak to Earl's situation first. One of those guys that put himself on the list has been here a while. Um, the guys, you know, more than, more than just three seniors took the field. A lot of guys who might be gone. Uh, what do you think about the D in terms of people you might have to be without. Yeah, you know, it's uh, lo love the, the contribution that those guys have made through the years. And, you know, as, as uh, you, you just get, you can start to get banged up through the years. And, and uh, you know, you have family, you have your family. And, and uh, as you're talking with your spouse, for at least in Earl's case, just figuring out what they want to do. And I mean, he's, Earl's, Earl's been through a lot physically. He's uh, uh, many years just been battling with injuries and two shoulder surgeries and, and uh, you know, just uh, questions about whether whether or not he wants to just keep doing it. And, it, you know, and obviously we just uh, back him up with whatever decision he makes. We'd love to have him back, but also totally understand that 
sometimes it's uh, you get to that point where it's time to hang it up. It's been a while. You think about it. Both Earl and Lopa were part of Bronco Mendenhall's 2014 signing class. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they've uh, they've been here for a long time, and 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 both really have, have done a, done a great job, but also just just battle through some some things physically, and I mean just sometimes just a uh, a matter of just just luck, you know, luck or bad luck, and. Lopo was having a really good uh, fall camp before he, he broke his leg um, last year. And so um, I think God willing and, and luck is on your side, then, and they feel good about just uh, where, where, their, where their body's at. Drew Jensen is another one. It's just, yeah. you know, then you'll get them back. But if not, then, uh, you know, salute them and, and love that they've, they've had a great career and great, great contribution. All right, let's get into the Idaho State week itself, the FCS game. Uh, what are your expectations when you play that kind of team? Execution. Execution is the biggest thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you, 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 try to, you try to preach and just make sure that those guys are playing at a, at a high level when it comes to just, uh, you know, executing your job and tackling and all that stuff and on the defensive side. And I thought for the most part it was clean, but there's always things to clean up. I thought that there were some tackles that we missed that just uh, should have been done better at. There were a couple of sudden changes, you know, the, the, the turnover and then the the long kickoff return put us put us immediately in a spot where we needed to respond on defense, and we didn't. We got to do better in, in those situations, and so a lot of just just uh, tactical things that we got to get better at. Do you go into the game like that, telling certain guys you're going to play a half, you're going to come in the third, things like that, or do you have to wait and kind of see how the game unfolds a little bit? You know, you, you, we we wait, we wait just to see where it's at and, and how we're doing, and you know, obviously the players they're 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 wise to it. They know that. You know, guys that uh, normally aren't practicing on our side of the ball are getting some reps, and we're just kind of prepping them to make sure that they're ready when they get an opportunity to go in. You just never know where these games go. And um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really just as soon as you start to feel pretty pretty comfortable about where you're at uh, with the lead, then you want to you want to start pulling those guys that are critical to just finishing off the season the right way. Knowing you have a bye week too, where guys can rest up a little bit. Yep. Uh, first six is uh, Idaho State possessions. Five punts and a pick for them. Uh, Pepe Tanovasa with the first INT of his career. Nice play by Pepe. Yeah, that was. Uh, I've got that. I've got that play saved in. Uh, I mean that 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 thing needs to be shown at a clinic. Just so we always the D line always always joke around about how um, you know obviously we do cut drills and you're you're trying not to get cut as a defensive lineman, but it happens. It happens to the best of us. And and uh, you know it's a matter of where your eyes and your hands are. All those things. Well, Pepe came from Navy. And Pepe never gets cut. Pepe is just unbelievably good at just <laughs> defeating the cut block. And so that that play where he defeats the cut block, the quarterback's looking his direction. So you've got to go from eyes and hands to defeat the cut. I got a sequence to see what's going on in the backfield. If the quarterback's looking my direction, I'm no longer rushing. I got to jump and play volleyball and try to bat it down. And if you're on the backside of it, if you defeat the cut block and the quarterback's not looking your direction, well, he's not going to be looking here and throwing that. And so you, you keep rushing and you, you, you teach him like that and you try to drill it up and get him going. But that was just unbelievably. So he played cool. it perfectly. He played it perfectly. And it was just like, okay, put that one in the vault. That one, that one goes in the vault to just Great. show on how to defeat a cut block and play three-step. Fantastic. Idaho State's first touchdown came on a short field after BYU lost that fumble. Um, even with only 17 yards for them to go between line of scrimmage and end zone, you're still looking to keep them off the board, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got to respond respond well and 
guys have got to got to come in and you know there's the obviously you give idaho state uh, credit for the, the first touchdown that they had on that short field was just really uh they schemed up something specific that we were in and they did a good job with it and it's just kind of the beater but we've got to We've got to be better, uh, you know, just executing overall. Where you say, I mean, the guys go in saying, all right, shut out. Or as long as we're in the game, we're going to go shut out. We're going to say shut out the first half or if it's the whole game. Was shut out one of those things that you heard guys talk about or think about? And I've, I've, uh, I've never really said the word. I've, mm. We never really preach it, never talk about it. It's really just, um, you know, execution, execution, execution. You never know how games go. And, and if the result of it is a shutout, then that's great. And um, I don't think, I don't think. I've ever been a part of a shutout yet in my career, I don't think. Now I get to research that. All right. Uh, you're up 42-7 at halftime. Second half, first defensive series. Another pick. Um, one of the more interesting interceptions you'll see uh, from a guy who got his first start, I think, in Matthew Criddle. Yeah, yeah, Matt Criddle. I mean, we're so excited for for what he's done. What he's, I mean, he's obviously contributed on special teams. He's always been a depth guy for us. But with uh, that safety group just being so banged up, he had, you know, his number was called to on senior day to come up and, and uh, you know, start for us and play. And I mean, he was uh, totally competing all day, did, did a great job. Did an awesome he was job. competing on that play, for sure. Never yeah, gave up on the ball. Absolutely, yep. fighting for it the whole way. Yanked it away. Uh, the next six ISU drives were five punts and another short field score after the long kickoff return, just a seven yard field that time. Um, and on, on that kickoff return, a lot of guys had a shot at Adam, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, like to get that one back. I mean, you had so many guys that just had an opportunity to go and, and make the play, but, uh, you know, uh, credit, credit their players, a good, strong player. And then, you know, when Bourne came in and got the ball out, thought we had a chance, but Sonny Finale was close, but just not close enough. Yeah, uh, the uh, blocked punt at the end of the game, the touchdown to, have their final score be 14. Uh, the block punt at the end of the game, this became kind of a story in addition, well, first of all, it was BYU's first block punt TD in, in 17 years, a long time. But then apparently there was a bet on the line. Something was on the line because Kyle Griffiths ended up shaving his head. Was it as a result of this play? It was a result of that play. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, if, if, if we, uh, in special teams meeting in the morning on Saturdays, we talked and, um, you know, Kyle, Kyle just, Felt really confident about us being able to get one, just because uh, uh, of how you know he was. He was really the one, the mastermind behind the scheme, and did a really good job with it. And Coach Lamb checked off on it, and he said, uh, "If we can get this thing." And you know, Fessy in the back of the meeting room said, "You'll shave your head, right? We get one, you're gonna shave your head." And he was like, "All right, yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a, a great memory for him and the boys. <laughs> and on Military Appreciation Day, he looks ready to enlist at that point. Once he, he did, got... he did. It's, as soon as I saw him in the locker room after he shaved it, I was like, drop drop down and give me five. <laughs> We've talked about Kyle on the program before, but he's a former BYU player. Explain what his role is on the staff right now. Yeah, he's, he's a graduate assistant, so he's, he's still going to school, but he, um, you know, as a graduate assistant, you, you've got two on offense, two on defense. For us, he's on the defensive side, and he works specifically with myself and Coach uh, Hadley with the D-line. And so, um, you know, uh, running scout teams and, um, you know, individual meetings for guys that need to catch up. He's, he's uh, you know, helps me a lot with pr preparing practice and all those things. And he's really just, um, when, we're, when we're sitting and we're talking as a, as a full-time staff with Kalani in the room, it, uh, he, he's taking notes and he's just listening, taking notes, trying to learn and, and uh, you know, soaking it all up. And it's a great, great opportunity for, for a graduate assistant to learn as much as he can, not just on defense, but obviously he played on offense and, and uh, being so involved as he is in special teams and helping Coach Lamb out is, is huge for his career.
Is he kind of your right hand man in the booth as well up there? It's 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 me and me and Kyle. That's it. Yeah. We we kind of uh, went back and forth as, as far as how many guys we needed in the booth and whose eyes are where and what information are we getting back. And so finally, we decided to go in the first game a week before the first game. Said, okay, we're going to do this with just myself and Kyle, and and it's and it's worked out. It's uh, you know obviously there's growing pains with him getting his eyes where it needs to be and getting the feedback that we need and me getting my eyes sw really switching my eyes from the front where we normally had a backer guy and a secondary guy in the box it's it's uh, now it's kyle's been a little bit more involved with with watching what the front's doing um and i'm taking my eyes more to the backer level and we've got we've got two sets of eyes in the secondary and just communicating that way does kyle want to take this long term does he want to be a coach moving right now he does you know that's yeah. uh this is a great uh, great year to 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 be a, a ga you know i was i was a graduate assistant at utah uh in the, the sugar bowl year and it's just you know you think that uh, everything's everything's just a, a great a, a fun party but you start to get into some some uh you know jobs where you're really trying to build and change culture culture and all those things and I think you get into those jobs, you really figure out, okay, is this really what I want to do or, or not? And I think Kyle, Kyle right now is doing a great job, and he loves it. He wants to do it, and we'll see how long it lasts. Well, he's a good dude. I always love seeing him on game day. Yeah. Um, so the final score is 59-14 in this game. Two Idaho State touchdowns, but it was a 17-yard drive and a 7-yard drive. Without the two short fields, I think you would have had a legitimate shot. Uh, at, at a shutout. They weren't putting a lot of long drives together on you. Uh, the score is the score. How do you look back at it? Yeah, just proud, proud of uh, overall about the of, of the way that the boys, uh, you know, played and responded. And we got a lot of guys in uh, that that got a lot of experience, and that's that's a, that's huge things. Come away with a win, but also be able to put some uh, put some snaps under some guy's belt, and and uh, having those guys just getting a little taste of it was huge. Okay, time for a break. When we come back, defensive and special teams players of the week. When the coordinator's corner continues, we are brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We're back with more after this inside Studio C. Stay with us. Gronauer loads up and throws to a covered man. Criddle had the coverage. Did Criddle pick up with the interception? He did. Matthew Criddle takes it away from Shane Daly Jr. It appeared to be a catch on tight coverage by Criddle. And Criddle's coverage was so good, he tapped it away, knocked it off his chest, and has the pick. That's how it went down. We are back on the coordinator's corner with BYU defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Eli Satuiaki. BYU coming off its 59-14 home win over Idaho State on Saturday afternoon. It was BYU's earliest home finale in 33 years. You're already done with the home season. Uh, I feel like it was like here and gone in a flash. It, it it's it felt a lot like a mission. <laughs> if you've gone on a mission, it's like it feels like it's it's going forever, right? I mean, we went we went fall camp and then ten weeks straight. I mean, it felt like three and a half, four months of just grinding. But then it, it really is done, blink of an eye, and and uh, can't believe we played this many games already. We're going to take a look at players of the week in a second. But aside from some great individual efforts, overall, uh, what are you most appreciative of of the first ten weeks? Appreciative of the players and the fans, you know, I mean, just just an opportunity to be a part of this this great uh, program and organization and all the people that have put so much into it. I and mean, our players, our players have done so much for us as as coaches, as you know, for the fans and and, uh, you know, for the, what the fans have done really too. just the way that they've packed, packed the place and traveled well everywhere we've gone. It's uh, it's it's been a, it's been a phenomenal season to be part of. Our viewers on the screen see some of the superlatives for BYU defensively. These, these are just top 25 stats, and a lot of them deal with 
a really important stat being the turnover margin. You're a big part of that, and that's been a, a large reason uh, that you're eight and two. Yeah, no, that's it's, it's huge to come away with them, but it's also huge the way that our offense is taking care of the ball and to be plus plus ten right now is a big reason why we're winning. Let's get to special teams and defensive players of the week now. Coach Lamb gave us the special teams honorees. We'll take a look at those first. And there are a handful of guys to take a look at and to talk about. And first up are Keanu Hill and Hobbs Sniper. Yeah, obviously with Keanu with his block and touchdown was was huge. Um, you know, and Hobbs has just been a, been a steady contributor for us. And, and just you know, take it for granted having a returner that's just so clutch and catching, catching the ball and giving us yards. And, and uh, Hal's been great for us, but uh, th those, those two are doing a good job in special teams. And then with Coach Lamb, we have the top block and top rock honorees as well. Yep, yep, a lot of the same faces that you've seen, the guys that have contributed with Drew Jensen and Jacob Boren, but you know, Terrence Falls uh, has been, been great to, to have him. I mean, he does a good job on, on scout team for us as a receiver, and I think he's got a bright future. And for defense, your defensive players of the week? Yeah, Pepe Tanuvasa for, for his uh, stats and, and just the way that he's played. Obviously, those two involved with the two interceptions, but uh, so proud of, of, uh, of both of them, but so proud of Criddle and the way that he was able to step in and, and uh, contribute for us, but just such a huge game and a start for him. Uh, and, yeah, and I think for Matthew, um, he was part of the Senior Day honoree celebrations, right? So he was going, so basically it was his last home game, yep. first start and first pick. Yeah, yep, that's right. It's uh, so that's such a huge game for him and, and uh, for what he, he's done for us. And now that you've been able to look back at it, um, you know, Keenan Peely was lost so early in the season, a lot of folks forget that how big a role he was going to occupy. What is Keenan's situation moving forward? He comes back and gets healthy and, and is back on this defense again? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, get, getting him back would be huge for us. And, um, you know, uh, obviously, obviously with the other guys coming back as well, I mean, we're going to, just add add more to the depth, and and uh, we're going to need it moving forward, going going to the the next year's uh, you know schedule as well as just moving into the Big Twelve. Yeah, how much of and before the break here, really quickly, uh, do you guys feel like you're pacing to where you need to be, knowing what's in the pipeline to be ready for a Big Twelve play here in a couple of years? Yeah, we're so young. I mean, we've got a lot, a lot of young guys, and you know, obviously, we'd, we'd love to have you know ten Keenans out there playing playing for us and rotating, and so just continuing to to. Uh, recruit you know recruit guys with development potential and getting them to where they need to be and and the guys that are currently in the program that are doing a really good job just continuing to develop those guys thanks Eve. time for a break we'll be we step away we'll remind you that for your daily cougar sports play-by-play -play, tune in weekdays to byu sports nation at noon eastern time coming up in our final segment of this week's show a look ahead to this by week you're in the coordinator's corner brought to you by jcw's the burger boys where we return right after this Coordinator's Corner is brought to you in part by JCW's, The Burger Boys, BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event, and by Siegfried & Jensen, serving Utah families for over 30 years. All right, Coordinator's Corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys, final minute with defensive coordinator and D-line coach Eli Satuiaki. After 10 hard weeks, bye week, how do you guys handle this week? Yeah, try, trying to get uh, as healthy as we can, but uh, still, still start prepping for the next next week, uh, the next two opponents, and making sure that we're ready for them. They're a little different, and so we got to make sure that we're we're tightened up and and what we're preparing for the for the following uh, week against USC. But um, yep, just really the big thing is get guys back. 
One final quick comment from social media from Amy. She says, I wish Coach E was on last week. He did a heck of a job in the second half against Virginia. Incredible, keeping such a prolific Virginia offense to only seven points in the half. And considering the number of injuries, uh, it was phenomenal. So thanks, Coach, says Amy. So that, that, was, a, that was a wild one. I'm glad you got that one, too. That, yeah. All right, that'll do it for this week. Uh, we will have a bye week next week, so no show next week. In two weeks, you'll be back for our season finale, so we'll see you then. All right. All right, that is Coach Elisa Tuiaki. That'll do it for the Coordinator's Corner. We're back with you in two weeks from today at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. No show next week with the bye week. For Coaches Roderick and Tuiaki, I am Greg Rubel. We will see you in two weeks. Have a great week, and go Cougs. This has been the Coordinator's Corner. We'll see you.